the sun comes up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever till the day that I died I said 18 wheels Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries and we've got an awesome program for you I know you're going to enjoy it today and you're going to want to get more copies of this so... Give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org. Or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels to turn in. Town to town, there's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling from two chrome stacks. My address is 408 414, a big blue mag. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day. my life. Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn and we are on the road again. We're down here in Cumming, Georgia and man I'm sitting here with Pastor Mark Smith. Mark, I'll tell you what we need right now. We need a good song uh, for the listeners out there. What would you like to hear right now? Hey man, I got something good for them. Oh really? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well tell me about it. Well it's uh, here at the church, at Bundle Life Church. Um, We've got real people yeah. who's encountered a real God and desires to live a real difference-making life. Amen. And um, so I got with my team, and we're just, uh, we're, this is a little uh, warehouse church, mm. you know, but we believe that you need to let the size of your congregation determine the size of your dream, or you can let the size of your God determine the size of your dream. Oh, I like that. That's good right. stuff. <laughs> so we started dreaming and said, you know, we, we believe we got something to, to sing. I challenged my worship team. I said, come on, let's. Let's write a song for the house, mm-hmm. and uh, let's make us a CD and, and see what God can do with it. But anyway, the first song was uh, came out, Tanya Loggins wrote Nothing Compares. And you know, man, there's nothing that compares to Jesus. And let me tell you, folks, nothing compares to the Abundant Life Church. They have an awesome praise team. Listen to this song here.
I know you're enjoying this ride you're having with these drivers out here in the cab. And drivers, I know you're going to enjoy what's coming up next. I'll tell you what, what a great weekend I had down here at Abundant Life Church. They not only got an awesome praise team, they got an awesome pastor. And we're going to share the message that I got to hear that Sunday morning, that weekend that I got to come down here and be a part of Abundant Life Church. And what a great message that Pastor Mark brought, and you're going to get to hear it. So let's tune in right now to that service with Pastor Mark Smith. You know, God has partnered with us with uh, Lonesome Road Ministries and Channel 21 Ministries. And this, you hear me talk about the trucker ministry that we're part of. And ours is called On the Road Again Ministries and Threefold Chords Come Together. And we believe in getting that gospel out through the truck drivers all across the country. Found out yesterday he's sent out over 2 million CDs that are out all over the, all over the country. And, and just believe that God blessed us together. But man, we birthed something new yesterday. We just, you know, our church is, is one of those that we never want to box God in and say that he, uh, thank you, brother. You're awesome. Um, that we're going to box God in. I don't you love, don't you love these young kids? Y'all love seeing Will up there today. Amen. We just believe God's elevating that. But, um, but with that, we just really believe we birthed something yesterday and, and, um, you know, our churches, uh, we believe we ought to look like heaven, you know, and I look across this country. We got people from India, Mexico, Columbia, coming Georgia, wherever you from, you know, all over. And, uh, but man, we wanted to birth the Spanish, ah, England, across the pond, across the pond, among the pond. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and we got, believe that, that um, I love them. I, you know, I do more and I'm just kidding you. But um, I really believe that the message that God's given us and through this, that we want to touch the Spanish truck drivers. And so yesterday, um, uh, Hector came, and I know Joaquin, you'll be next. You get ready, Joaquin, and getting that Spanish uh, CD out with Spanish worship, and we birthed that yesterday. Spent about six hours here yesterday, made some other CDs, but man, just, huh? Eight hours. Eight hours. Praise the Lord. Eight hours. Did you, were you counting the time, right? Uh, but man, just had a, just had a, just really believe it was a God connection that God gave us with you. And he drove all the way down here just to help us make that happen. And so when he comes in, he's family, okay? We don't treat him as a guest, man. He's family. So when you give on Sunday morning, you help make that happen. I never get up and just say, hey, we're going to, you know, try to push a lot of things. We're kingdom-minded in our thinking. And I thank God to get an opportunity to sow into what God's doing in our city, our state, and our nation, and the world. As we're impacting Burkina Faso, Jim, we're going to pray for him at the end of the service, getting ready to leave to go to India. We're going to pray for him at the end of the service. And so when you give this morning, you're helping us, you know, really, church, share the gospel. You know, as we're the distribution center, I know we're a warehouse, but we're a distribution center. What's going to come in? We're just a truck and we're putting it out through you guys. And you're going out in so many ways and sharing the gospel in tangible ways. And we're impacting the kingdom of God. And I would want to be a part of a vision that's going to impact the world. And, uh, and you look at this little church off of Samples Industrial Drive. God's doing kingdom things through you. So when you give, all of us give it together. There's more than enough to do what God's going to call us to do. As we talked to him yesterday, I think, you know, when he goes back, man, I, I mean, he's got a lot of CDs to make and labels to make and all that and ship them out and ship them down here. You know, man, I'm, I, want, I want to be a part of that. And you guys want to be a part of that, don't you? Everybody want to be a part of that. We're part of India going to, I mean, Jim going to India where, where hundreds of pastors are going to be touched with the gospel, with truth, and people will get born again and saved again, and you guys get to be a part of that. And so, ushers, you'll come forward to this time. Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, just for the opportunity, Lord, to give. Lord, it, it is a, it's, a, it's a joy to give. God, thank you, Lord God, that, that what you're doing in our lives and the life of our church, this season that we're in, Lord, you're giving us creative opportunities to obtain wealth, God, that, that we can establish your covenant. And so, God, we, we thank you for those God-ordained moments that we get to give and be a part of changing lives, Lord, all over our city, all over our county, state, nation, and world. Lord, just yesterday, as a team went in that nursing home, 
And God, I, I watched a little video of them yesterday. Man, they're pouring their hearts out. They're singing. They're loving, Lord, your children. And I thank God. God, that means a whole lot to you. God, that truck driver that's driving all alone, that's battling suicide and think he's just, nobody really cares, but he's going to plug that thing in and God, he's going to hear of your love. God, thank you, Lord, with Jim going to India, Lord, Lord what you're going to do for him, the encouragement that's going to be brought to those pastors. God, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for that opportunity to give, Lord, and we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Y'all give and listen at the same time because I'm ready to jump into this thing. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like a standalone message. I normally preach in a lot of uh, series, but I'm doing a standalone message. And I want you to hear the very first question I'm getting ready to ask as you're giving. I want you to listen to this first question that I'm asking. What is God saying now? What is God saying to your life right now? You sh- it should be a question that we all ask or sometime in our life ask. I mean, sometimes we, we just got everything else that's speaking to me. But what is God saying to your life right now, this moment? Because I believe that God has got you in position, and I believe he's got our church in position to hear exactly what the Lord wants you and I to hear. How many people believe that? I don't want you to be out of position. I think when you came here this morning, God's given you ears to hear, but I want you to hear exactly what God has for you this morning. I don't want to, I want to sit there, I'm just the only mouthpiece of God, but this morning, I want to be a mouthpiece of God to speak to you what I think God is saying to you right now, right where you are, because it has everything to do with his power. It has everything to do with his presence. It has everything to do with his love. It has everything to do with his promises. It has everything to take you where you are right now. We were singing about it a moment, a moment ago, but I believe it's going to bring change in your life. So I believe it has to do with his grace. And I believe today's message is going to be the catalyst for 2020. God's already given me a message and direction for 2020. 2020, we know that's clear vision. There's going to be open doors in 2020. I'm not going to preach it today, but there's going to be open doors for you in 2020 that you're going to walk through in a dimension of your destiny that you've not walked into before. We're always looking for what what is God doing next? What is God wanting in my life right now? And I don't want you to miss. I want you to see clearly what that door is in 2020. How many people want to know? You're going to hear about that in in January. I'm not going to share about that, but I want you to see clearly what God wants to do and, and, and what he wants to do in our city, state, nation, and world through your life. And I believe today's message is a catalyst. But before you walk through that door in 2020, God wants to do something right now in your life right now. Okay. Before we, you know, before we walk through that door, church, I believe God wants to do something inside of you. First thing I really believe today. And I believe church, I don't want you to miss the door that God's got for you right now. What is the now? I don't want you to miss the door that God's wanting you to walk through right now, because if you walk through this door, then you're going to see clearly what God has in 2020. A door in our life represents, you know, where you walk in from one room and then you can exit one room. A door is something that you can close and a door is something that's open. And, and I want you to see really what I want you to, really what I believe, because I believe, you know, a lot of times we're looking for all this stuff out there. What is, what's next? What is God saying now? And I want you to realize, church, the door that God is wanting for you and I to walk through today right now, I believe the door is found right now where you're doing life right now. It's right where you are right now. That's why I believe God's going to speak a now word to you right now. The door that you and I, I think, are looking for is found where you're doing life right now. This is where it's kind of going to, you got to kind of roll with me a little bit right here. I believe what God is saying, I want you to re-enter some of the rooms that you've walked out of. I want you to re-enter some of the rooms that you walked out of. And here's what I want you to just kind of ponder with me. I want you to go with me a little bit right now, because sometimes we look and we want to move on and we're doing all this stuff out here. And I felt like God this past week and I was thinking about his presence and I was thinking about this message and I felt like, you know, I just felt like God just dropped in my heart. But I want you to re-enter some of the rooms that you walked out to and re-entering some of that rooms that you walked out. You're going to discover your passion. You're going to discover the joy that what God had for you in that room. You're going to discover the forgiveness. You're going to discover. Discover some of the promises. You're going to discover that what God's plan was, but sometimes we've walked out of those rooms and we just think, you know what, I'm just closing the door. Now, I know that there's some things we definitely want to walk out of, we don't want to come out in, but I'm going to use it in a positive way this morning because I don't want you to miss what's right in front of you. And I want you to think that something's better out there. I felt like God said, re enter the rooms again. What are you talking about, Pastor? Re enter the rooms again. What about re entering the room of corporate worship again? 
Let's go somewhere, okay? Y'all hang on. I'm just going to get encouraging before you end. But every Sunday you walk through those doors, and this room become familiar. You can take it for granted. You know, every Sunday you walk in and the worship team up here and they're singing and they're worshiping and they're doing what they do. And, and, and can we, could we re-enter that room of corporate worship again? Can we come in with some expectation? You mean when you got saved and you got born again, you couldn't wait to get to church to get your praise on. You couldn't wait to come in the house of God and, and in the presence of God. And I think if we're not careful, it will be something that we're missing that God wants to do right in the middle of, of corporate worship, church. I want to, I do want to maximize his presence. I do want to maximize what you're, what you're, when you walk through those doors, what you bring. You got to praise that nobody else has got to praise the way you, you got to worship inside of you. But if, but what, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll become to take for granted. We'll take it just as familiar and man, we'll come in and let's just be honest. We'll come in, we have our phones and, and in worship, we may be checking Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat or whatever. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not throwing out anything. I'm just being honest with you. Okay. We come in. We got our mind preoccupied with the things of the world, and and maybe we we used to come in and we couldn't wait to come in. We couldn't wait till they started to worship. We, there was such expectation because it's the only thing that you and I can give back to God. He saved us and he filled us with the Holy Ghost and he's got a purpose in our worship. It's the one thing that we can give back to him. And if we take that for granted, church, then you can miss exactly what God has for you on that service. So at 1030, house will be full next Sunday. It won't be 1045, 1055, 1105, and I'm going to come in at about time of worship. Man, I think, church, we need to re-enter that, that room of corporate worship again and allow God to stir that gift up in, inside of us. You know, I think that when you, when, when I, I was looking at it and I was preparing this message and, you know, we could, we could re-enter the, the door of commitment, you know, and I'm, I'm just going to, I got to just, I don't want to camp too far, but just re-enter that door of commitment. You know, maybe your marriage isn't where it, it should be, but man, you uttered a word before God and you made a commitment to your spouse through, 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 through sickness, through health, through blessing or, or poor, whatever it is. And maybe your marriage isn't where it used to be. And God said, I want you to re, I want you to re-enter that room of your commitment. I want you to go back and think about that time you was on the altar and you made your vow before God. And maybe you got away from doing some of the things that caused you to fall in love with one another. And may you re-enter that room of commitment, whatever it may be in your life. May you be, may you re-enter that room of purpose and that dream and that promise of God that he's given you. May you, may you think, well, man, that, that promise, I was believing that mark or that, that purpose or my dream, I thought it was going to happen. And it has been 10 years and I've just closed the door to that. And God wants you to, to re-enter that room again and get that stirred back up inside of you what God has given. Yesterday, I was sharing my testimony a little bit with Gary and I began to talk about when I was in back of that UPS truck and where God called me to preach from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 4. And it began to stir things in inside of me and things he told me even then. And I think sometimes church, we, we, whatever may happen in life that, that you just say, you know, man, that dream is not coming to play. Like I thought it was that promise or that thing I was believing for that purpose. And God wants you to reenter that room of purpose. When you look at it, it's found all in the Bible. You look at Joseph, his brother sold him into slavery. We know the story. I mean, he was betrayed and forgotten about and put in prison and he had to re-enter that room with his brothers one time. And man, they came into the room and, and they thought, he, you know, after the father died, they thought, man, Joseph is going to kill us for what he did. But God said, you know what? I'm going to bring healing in your life, Joseph, because I don't want you to stay in that prison of unforgiveness because whatever the devil meant for evil, I'm going to turn it around for your good. So Joseph re-entered that room with his brothers and God did something miraculous through him. Look at David, David, who, who messed up with Bathsheba. Had her husband killed and, and he's there. And I mean, he just, I mean, that all that's going on there. And then the baby is born and the baby dies. And, and maybe there was something inside David that thought maybe this, what God called me to, it's, it's just over. I messed up too bad. But David had to re-enter that room of purpose. He had to re-enter that room of his dream. And it's there that God said, listen, David, I'm not done with you. And he began to stir up the dream and the passion and the calling of what God called David to do. Think about the prodigal son. I mean, we've all been that one, probably. I know Michael has. I can get on him. I'm just kidding, Michael. I love you. I'm glad you're here this morning on the front row. You be here when you're here. Amen. And but think about the prodigal son who went to his dad and said, man, give me, give me, give me all my cash and the, the keys to the car. I'm out of here. 
I'm going to go do my own thing. He went out there and he found himself in a pig pen and spent all that he had. But he had to re-enter that room of the Father's love. He had to re-enter that place where he knew, you know what, this is where my identity is. This is where my home is. This is what I'm looking for in life. And, and I believe it's where he found, you know, his purpose and he, and he, and he found the Father's love that, that, that's there. But here's what I found out, church. A lot of times when we are where we are maybe right now and, and we want to re, we start thinking about re-entering that room and where there's disappointment, where there's disillusionment or where there's discouragement, where there is failure, where there, there is this stuff that's going on in your life. What happens is when God has a door that he wants you to re-enter, Satan's going to bring an off-ramp to your life. He's going to bring an exit ramp to your life. Now, fo follow this old boy. I've been around for a long time. When, when I'm preaching today, it's like, okay, there's that door that you know that you need to, that room that you need to re-enter. And so the devil will offer off-ramps to keep us from re-entering the door that God wants you and I to re-enter. Now, follow me right here. It's, it's, I've seen it happen so many times. You hear a message. What is God saying to me now? There's some, there's some rooms that I need to re-enter. And what the devil does, he wants to keep you out. So he'll have these ramps that pop up in your life that you never saw that were there. You ever been there? You've ever been going through life? And all of a sudden, it's just like, man, I didn't even, you didn't even see that one coming. And he'll use a lie. He'll use, he'll use depression. He'll use failure. He'll use shame. He'll tell you, don't even go there. Come off this off-ramp. And this is really where you're going to find joy. This is really where you're going to find. Really, life's really all about you. And either they messed up or you messed up. Why even go back and try to do that? Just go down this off-ramp. And he'll put them out there. He'll put them out there. And he'll put them out. And before you realize, if you're not careful, then you've taken that off ramp and you've gotten off course, but you're one decision away from a totally different life. One decision away from totally different. It's like that GPS. Sometimes I've gotten lost. I've gotten off. I hit that and it gets me routed back. Your decision to come back. But I want you to understand that, that the devil will try to put these exit ramps before you and he'll use selfishness. He'll use pride. He'll use unforgiveness. He'll use the lie that this way is better. You deserve it. Come on, let's, let's go that way. And I believe this morning that, that, that maybe that, that room of of that commitment with your marriage, say, man, nothing's going to change. No, it's going to change because there's one that's in that room that's going to help change your marriage. There's one that's in there that's going to stir up that dream again. There's one that's in there that's going to stir up the gift of God that he has for your life. So we need to, we need to decide to re-enter that door this morning. Well, Mark, how do you, you re-enter the door that God wants you? That's what I would want to ask. Mark, how do I re-enter the door that God wants you and I to re-enter. And I don't know if I gave this scripture to you guys. I'm not using all of them this morning, but if you got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 21. This is a great story. We've heard it many times. John chapter 21, and we'll, we'll begin reading in verse 3. And this is what I want you to see. It's this story. This is after the, Jesus had died and he rose, risen from the grave. And we know that Peter has denied Jesus and, 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 and Peter, you know, had, had, had been there in, in the presence of Jesus. And and, and I began to think about this, about how do you re-enter, you know, the door that God has for you? Because I think maybe Peter was maybe confused. Maybe he was disillusioned. Maybe he had some things on inside of him that still weren't settled. I mean, you know, we, we read in John chapter 20 that, that Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But I think there was some things going on in Peter's life that just hadn't got settled in his life. And, 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 and he, he sees that Jesus you know, had died on the cross. You know, he knows he denied him three times. And, and, you know, I mean, and he knew that when he was with Jesus church, he knew when, when he was with him, life was different, but I think he's at a place right now in John chapter 21 that he, okay, Jesus is risen from the dead. You know, John 20, you know, he breathed upon them, but I think Peter was saying, you know, what's next? What's next? And a lot of us are going to be there. Sometimes we come to church we hear a message, but deep down we're thinking, well, what's, what's next now? I mean, I mean, think about Peter's life. And, and I kind of put myself in Peter's story because we've all found ourselves probably there at some times. And so Peter's there, and we preached on it before where Peter said, man, I'm just going to go back fishing. And I've heard preachers, and I preached upon it, just went back to what was familiar. But I believe that Peter wanted to reenter that room of Luke chapter 5. I do. I, I, when I get up to heaven, I'll ask Peter. But I'll be, Peter said, you know, it was in Luke 5 
where I met the one who changed my life. It was in Luke 5 when I was out in the boat and I had empty net and, and I didn't know who I was and I was a fisherman, but, but I met this man named Jesus and he told me who my true identity was. And he said, Peter, you're no longer just going to be a fisherman, but you're going to be a fisher of men. And when Peter walked with him, his identity was found. His purpose was found. It was joy. I mean, Peter, I think Peter wanted to recapture that room. I think Peter wanted to reenter that room. You know, if you go back and read Luke 5, it is the same scenario of, of, of John 21. He's got, an, he's got a boat, he's got an empty net, and he's got water, and he's got his buddies. Same, if you go back and read Luke 5, I don't have time to go into it right now. But if you got John chapter 21, verse 3, this is what Peter said. I'm going to go out to fish, Simon Peter told, told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but his disciple does not recognize that it was Jesus. Now, I want to tell you something, church. They had seen him. He'd been risen, but they did not recognize him. Sometimes we don't, we, don't, we don't see Jesus. We don't recognize him. We don't feel that he's in a room. But I want you to know, church, he's here this morning. Okay, he's here this morning. You may not recognize him. You may not feel it. You may not have the chill bumps. You may think, and I, I, I got to know, all that's got to show me that Jesus is in the room. But here's all the disciples. They stood on the shore, but his disciples did not recognize that it was Jesus. Verse five, he called out to them, friends, have you any fish? They said, no, that Jesus ain't faking it and they ain't faking it. I ain't even one of those guys to fake it till you make it. I'm not one. I think you need to get real and authentic with Jesus. Yeah. I'm telling you right where you are, if your marriage ain't where it needs to be, Lord, my marriage ain't where it needs to be. He knows, you know, your commitment level, your dream, whatever it may be, whatever he asks you, don't be afraid to be honest back with him. Don't put the religious stuff on to give him some kind of religious answer that you don't really know if you really believe. Have you caught any fish? No, <laughs> no, yeah, they're in the cooler right here. You just can't see. We've got a bunch of fish in this cooler. If you can really see all the fish we got in this cooler, Jesus, you know, like we're going to fool Jesus. But man, I love the, the transparency. They said, do you have any fish? And they said, no, they answered. Verse six, but he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were, un they were un unable to, to, to harvest the net in because of large number of fish. Then his disciples when Jesus, who the disciple that Jesus loved, he's talking about John. We're reading the God, this disciple who, who loved, uh, that, that Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garments around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. And I'm going to preach to you right here in a minute. I'm going to tell you how to re-enter the room. I'm going to tell you, this, if you really want to know how to re-enter the room, because church, I'm going to tell you, you'll go through this scenario that I'm going to get ready to go with you through here. How do you... How do you re-enter that room? Because some of you may not want to go there. You may have thought that it's dead. You may have thought nothing's going to change. It may be something that's going to be uncomfortable. It may be somewhere you don't really want to forgive yourself or you don't want to forgive others. Or you go in that room and you think he's not even going to be in the room. I'm going to show you something to help you with that. Mark, how do we re-enter the doors that God wants us to re-enter in, in this story? Because I think you're going to find out just like I did that all of us are here. Here's what I want you to do, church. I want you to understand. We need to re-enter our nets. You need to re-enter. You need to re-enter our nets. You really need to re-enter our nets. What do you mean, the nets? It's a willingness to try again. I'm telling you, church, it's so simple, but it's so profound. It's the willingness to try again. It's the courage to try again. It's, it's to take what you have in your hand, your giftings, your talents, and who you are and where you are right now, and say, you know what? I'm going to try it again. A lot of things with God is it's having that heart to be willing to try again, because yeah. Peter could have said, man, they've been fishing. They've been toiling all night long. They ain't caught anything, and just through that obedience of what God says, listen, this, this put this net in on the other side. And I, I just felt like I wanted to share with you what's your net. It's your willingness to try again. It's the courage to get back up and try again because some of you have put your nets up on the shelf. Some of you have settled your walk with Christianity by what somebody else has experienced. And God said, I want you to get your net out. I want you to dust it off and I want you to throw it in. But Mark, it's empty. I feel empty. Can I tell you something? God loves to fill empty vessels. God loves to fill what is empty. He always does. 
when you bring him you and you bring him a hope, you bring him and you may think, man, it ain't much, man. It's just a little old net, but you were knit in your mother's womb for a purpose. You were knit in your mother's womb for a destiny and where you are in your life, you're one decision away from just obeying God. And I'm going to throw it in one more time. It's a willingness to throw it in one more time. Okay, whatever it is and whatever it looks like and wherever you throw it in, don't you worry about what happened. God, God specializes in doing what only he can do. And he always does abundantly above all that we could think or ask for. But just that, I feel like you just, some of you need to know to re-enter that room. You got to, you got to re-enter your net. There's got to be a willingness to try again. It's got to be a willingness to pray again. It's got to be a willingness to give again. Maybe some of you used to give and God didn't do it. And that preacher said, if I give $1,000, it's like a slot machine. God's going to give me a tenfold return and it didn't happen. And that prayer didn't happen and this didn't happen. And so I maybe stopped giving, stopped praying, stopped believing, stopped reading my word. Last week, Lindsay talked about falling in love with the word of God again. You know, you think, well, man, I don't understand it sometimes. Listen, re-enter that room of the Holy Spirit and allow him to begin to teach this word of God. Church, don't just rely on what you hear on Sunday morning. I'm going to hit that one in just a minute. But I believe you need, to, you need to re-enter that room. Here's the thing about when you throw in that net. I know I was, I've been there before, that willingness to try again. Can you, can you imagine the anxiety of the prodigal son? When he come walking down, he's getting ready to re-enter his father's home. Can you ma- imagine the closer he got to the door, the anxiety? And he grabbed a hold of that handle and he was going to walk through the door. Can I tell you what's, all, what's always on the other side of the door is God's grace. It's God's love. Don't, don't look at there and think God's back there and say, well, my God, you got yourself in that stinking mess. You did this and start telling you everything you did wrong and start degrading you, start humiliating you, telling you what a doggone mess you made of your life and look at the mud of the world that's all over you. Look at the poor decision you got yourself. But I want you to know when you grab that door, I know there's anxiety. It's that willingness to try again. I'm going to reenter that room. I don't know what my father, but I can tell you what the father, the king of kings and the Lord of lords will do. He's going to love you. He's going to brace you, and together he's going to heal what's inside of you that caused you to go out and do what you did. You're going to find forgiveness in him. You're going to find grace, church. You're going to find grace. I want you to know that. You'll find grace, and I just feel like you need to, to reenter your net again. You've got to be willing to, to, this, this willingness to try again, and I believe with that you'll find a dimension of God and what he wants to do. Here's the second thing. Let's keep moving. Is with this. Is I love this story. In here, because I think, you know, when he goes through there and they don't recognize Jesus, and, and I read there that, that when he was there, his disciples whom Jesus loved, you know, said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, I don't want to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go into say, before I get to this point, let me share something with you. You need some people inside of you. Sometimes you can't recognize Jesus and somebody did, man, that's Jesus. You don't feel it. You don't recognize it. But we need some friends in our lives sometimes to say, man, that's Jesus. That's him. What you heard, what you said, man, that's, that's the Lord. What you shared yesterday, Michael, was the Lord. That was him speaking through you. Don't, don't ever limit what you think. You're not a preacher. You're not this and everything that's going on in your life. But sometimes you're going to speak something and somebody tells you, man, that's the Lord. That's, that's him. And then we need some friends in our life on Sunday morning, life groups and people you're doing life with. And you come to them and they're going to say, man, that's the Lord. That's Jesus. We need some of those in it because sometimes I'm not going to recognize him and man, we're not feeling him or something. And, and you just need to know, but Peter, I mean, John told Peter, man, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. Here's the second thing I want you to do. Not only do you need, do you need to reenter our nets, but church, you need to reenter the water. You need to reenter the water. And I'm not talking about baptism. I'm going to, I'm going to preach right here in just a minute. You need to reenter the water. What do you mean? That Peter was not a passive guy. How many people know that Peter was not passive? Peter was a passionate guy. When you read about Peter, he was sticking his foot in his mouth. He probably was the loudest worshiper, the loudest praiser. He probably was, was one. I mean, he was passionate. Peter wasn't passive. Peter was passionate. And I believe he was, he was, he just had, he had so much inside of him. And, and when I look at this, when, when I, when I, I thought about reading this and I was talking about it, I was looking even with the Lord, you know, man, Peter was one that walked on water. Peter was the one that Jesus said, who are you? He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. That revelation knowledge Peter had, he was, he, he, he was passionate. He would speak it out. He would walk on water. When somebody came to try to get Jesus, he went to kill him. He didn't want to cut his ear off. He went to cut his head off. I mean, he was passionate. But Peter maybe has lost his passion. But Peter wanted to reenter that room. And Peter maybe was there when he said it was the Lord. I want you to see what immediately Peter did. He jumped in the water. That's what he, he, he did a dive bomb for Jesus. 
Do you know what a dive bomb for Jesus is? Have you ever been on vacation and you're sitting over there in your little corner as a family and you're sitting there in your safe, secure place and here comes that family of, of Christian Lemoses and they got all their kids. As soon as they see the pool, they run out and they do a, a cannonball. Splash, it splashes everything. You know, some of us, I mean, when is the last time you went all in? That's what I'm talking about. When is the last time you went all in in life? When is the last time you went all in in your worship? When is the last time you went all in with the purpose of God? When is the last time that you went all in when, man, it was Jesus and you didn't do some of this toe-tipping? This little toe-tipping. Get your feet wet. Just get your toes wet. I'm going to preach something right here to you that will set some of you free. I'm telling you, there needs to be a place in your life, man, where you go all in. You've been toe-dipping on Sunday. You've been toe-dipping here. Just, you know, I mean, like now that we've gotten old, we want to feel if the water's cold and we stick our toes in and your toes is the only thing getting wet. And the wet, the wet means the presence of God. And if there's any dry places in your life, that's where Satan will come in and saturate the dry places in your life. I'm going to preach to you here just a minute. If you've been toe-tipping, that's, that, that's good for a little while. But if you, don't, if you don't deal with the dry places in your life, Satan will saturate the dry places in your life. And so you need to go in. You need to jump all in with God and what he wants to do and go all in. And I, told, I was writing this. I said, you know, I think I wrote up the top of it. I wrote, you know, he was a dive bomber. He was a dive bomber and not a toe tipper. You know what I think we ought to do on Sunday morning sometimes? It's like wherever you're sitting, you ought to say, man, this is a splash zone. Because, man, when I begin to worship God, you're going to get wet around me. You know, when I begin to encourage you, man, it's going to affect other people around me. And it's just something about stirring up the gift of God. And, Mark, are you saying that I've got to be some physical expression that i got to act just like you? Don't act like me. But the God that's in you that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And, church, there's more that God wants to do in and through your life. And I believe God wants you to just jump all in with him. Go all in. Get saturated fully with the presence in the life of God. And no, listen, church, it's just a response to what God's initiating in your life. And Peter did a dive bomb in, and he jumped in, and, and, he, and he went all the way. And I think, I think sometimes in our life, I think, you know, it's, 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 like, it's like when you get in the presence of God, church, I hope it always happens here. It ought to either, it ought to either draw you or compel you. And I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to be bold right here. I never want to minimize the presence of God in our church. Church, you don't know the hell people go through out there sometimes. And they're looking for something that's real. They don't need no toe dip in church. They need a church that's going all in. And when you come in, man, there's something stirred up inside of me. And when they, man, that's, 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 that's the hope because he's put eternity in all of us. And, and there's people that just jump all in with God. And I think, you know, when our story, when I began to look at this, that, man, that, that you, you'll get into service. You'll get into a culture. You'll get into atmosphere. You'll get around something and then something st starts stirring inside of you. It's something that ignites on the inside of you, just like it did Peter's life. And I think you just got to be willing to just go all in. Don't worry about it. Jump in. Yeah. Jump in. Jump in. Church, don't, well, let me see what's going to happen here. Let me, let me rationalize what could happen there and what ain't going to happen. Or what's it going to look like or how it's going to look like. Or should I look like this person? Should I do it like Mark? Or should I do it like so-and-so? Or should I, should I get up here and sing like, like, like uh, Jennifer or whatever it may be? I'm not asking you to copy the mannerisms. I'm asking you to, to dwell on the inside and just respond to what God's initiating in your heart and how it looks. Don't worry about it. Man, I'm just, just dive bomb. Be a dive bomber for Jesus, all right? Just jump all in and get all good and wet. So Peter was passionate. And I think that Peter knew, church, I really believe, Peter knew that, that when I jump into that room, church, I, hear, I, want, I, want, I don't want to go past, past this point. When you make that re-enter into your room, when Peter made that decision to re-enter, Jesus was on the shore of that room. Jesus is in your room. He's on the shore of your life. Get this now, church. He's, gonna, he's, he's there. He's not outside the room. He's in there. Wherever you're at, he's going to help you with the very thing that you're, that you're going to re-enter that room with. He's not going to leave you all alone to figure it out. It could take a day. It could take a month. It could take six months. I don't know. But one thing that I do know, that in the, 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 the re-entry moments of your life, Jesus is there just as he was with Peter. He didn't sit there and hide from Peter. He was on the shore waiting on him. Now, here's what happened. 
Peter just, you know, he just re-entered his net and, and he re-entered by going in the water, just going all in. I want you to see what happens in verse 20. If you go back and read it in verse 20, Jesus is going to reinstate Peter. He's going to make him whole. Listen to me, church. Listen to me right here. You know, if I do this, I'm getting ready to go somewhere. I want you to listen to me. One of the most beautiful things is the nature of God and who he is when he brings wholeness inside of things that are broken in our lives. Peter denied Jesus three times to teenagers, to people that you're looking around. You're going to go back and read the three different times he denies him. And, and I think Peter probably thought, my God, I walked on water. I was with him for three years. I said, Jesus, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And here in this situation, I just, I just failed him at a time he needed me the most. And, and I think it was so undone on inside of him. Thank God that Jesus rose from there. Thank God that, that they breathed upon him. But I think inside of Peter, there was that, that part of him that was so broken that he wanted, to, he wanted to reconnect to his purpose. He wanted to reconnect to his identity. He wanted to reconnect to his calling. And he comes to the shore, dive in, soaking wet, obeyed God, and he's there with Jesus now. And Jesus said, do you love me? He said, oh, yeah, I love you, Jesus. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Three times he asked him, Peter, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know I love you. This is what he took him to. Peter, I'm restoring you wholeness that you're going to go and finish what I called you to do. I'm going to restore you right here on the shore of your life. And you're going to go on and you're going to go help build my church. You're going to finish this thing. In fact, Peter, I'm so confident you're going to finish it that you're going to die. And you're going to die the death that I died. You're going to die crucified. You're not going to reject me anymore. You're whole. You're forgiven. And you're going to be able to finish what I put you on this earth to do. So Jesus brings wholeness out of Peter re-entering that room. Here's what, what happens. I want you to get this. Wherever you are in life, wherever you came out of, wherever you're going in life, I'm going to tell you something right now about the Spirit of the living God. What you've been through and what you've gone through will try to keep you from re-entering. When you sat in that little nursery room, how old were you when you first came? You were four years old. When you came to that little nursery room and Lisa McBride and different people loved on you, you remember that. And you watch your brother do what he does. You watch your mama do what he does, your daddy do, your sister. But you are here and God wants you to re-enter that place where he put purpose inside of you. He put destiny inside of you. He put a calling inside of you. He's wanting to use your life in a way to impact other people's life. But he wants to bring wholeness in your life. And him bringing wholeness in your life, what you realize is what he told Peter. Peter, just follow me. Follow me. That's what he told. We want a quick and easy way. But I can tell you, the wholeness that God has done in you and what he's doing through you, and where you're at right now, it's going to be just following him. It's what he told him in Luke 5. That's what he's telling him in John chapter 21. Follow me. And following him, when, you, when, when you've been healed by him, you've been forgiven by him, your purposes have been stirred up by him. He, he was faithful. He was on the shore of the, of the, of the, of, of the room that you re-entered. He didn't go nowhere. He didn't go. When you got to him, he didn't go. That's what I would do. Thank my God, Peter. No, man, he just, Peter knew. Peter knew. Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? Three times. Peter, go fulfill your destiny. You're whole now. You're forgiven. Just follow me. And following him, church, and following him, it'll look different to different people. But what is constant, you just never let go of him. You just never let go of him. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm in a place right now with God that I'm walking with him and I'm holding his hand. And I feel like in 2020 that there's a door that God's going to open up for you and he's going to open up for us that's, that's bigger than anything we've ever thought or imagined. But he said, Mark, I want to bring wholeness in you. I want to bring wholeness in the church. I want them to re-enter some rooms of what they've been wanting to walk out of. But if they'll re-enter that room, I'm there in that room and I'll do what only I can do while they're in that room if they'll just trust me. Trust me, marriage is restored, on fire, loving, passionate, children coming home, 
to be with them. Children coming on wayward children, coming on purpose, promises of God, dreams of God, desires that God has placed in you. The hurt, broken places of your life, you re-enter that room and he, the surgeon begins to put those back together just like he did in Joseph's life. Now, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, I'm going to turn that around for my good. I'm going to use your story to impact somebody else. But you got to follow him. You got to follow him. You got to follow him. You got to follow him, Chris. You got to follow him. You got to follow him. Well, you got to follow him. Your mom and daddy had their walk with God. You watched them. Your papa's got his walk with God. But you got your walk with God. You got your calling with God. You got your destiny with God. You got your purpose with God. And God is stirring things up on the inside of you. And you know it. You know it. You've heard his voice. Many of you have heard his voice. You know? Here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to land the plane. I told my wife. And we'll go, to go along. We got to do something to the very end. I said something this whole year. I said, God, forgive me of just recently. I'm going to be 60 next year. I've been saying, man, I just got old. I mean, I've told people, man, I just feel like I've gotten old. <laughs> you know, well, Mark, we've been knowing you've been having white hair for a while, you know, and you got, you, where you realize, and nah, I'm just saying, man, I'm just getting old. God, I'm just getting old. I'm just getting old. And no, 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 I ain't getting old. I ain't getting old, church. There's still a whole lot out there on this journey that God has for me. And I'm not going to sit back in no doggone rocking chair and sing kumbaya and rock. God's not called me to sit in a rocking chair yet, all right? But God's stirring up things inside of us, church. And let me tell you what, I may get a little old out here, may get a little wrinkles here, may not move as fast as I used to move, but by the spirit of the living God, the power that was, I really believe that vision that, that Caleb had, Caleb never set back. Caleb said, man, we'll, we'll go take the hardest mountain. He didn't ask it to give it to somebody like, well, give it to that one, give it to that one. Tomas, give it to that that's younger. Let them take that mountain. No, church, we're going to take that mountain. We're going to take the things that maybe is harder, and we're going to show a generation that God's not done with us. I got some gray hair. I got some little stiffness and stuff, but God's not done with me, and God's not done with you, church. So you know what? This, but on the inside, I'm young, and I feel good on the inside, and I got my health, and I got wholeness, but I got the Holy Ghost, and, and it's burning in, in me, and so I'm going to go back, and I'm going to re-enter some of those rooms, and I'm going to let God stir that up. I'm going to let God do some things inside of me and whatever he needs to do for this wholeness, for this door in 2020. We all walking through it. All of us are walking through it in 2020. And I'm telling you, your story is going to make a difference in someone else's life. He can tell you after 2 million CDs. The stories of what God has done in transforming people's life is that book alive. The book's not dead because your story is not dead. The book's not dead because God watches over his word to perform it. So when you tell your story, what that's saying, he's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Because let me tell you why he's alive. Because when I went back to that room and nobody knew that inward secret that I had, nobody knew what was going on with me in that time. But when I re-entered that room, God brought wholeness. God brought healing. God brought deliverance. God did something in my marriage. God did something with my dreams. God did something with my purpose. God did something with a promise. God's truth was revealed to me in a way that I never maybe seen before. And so when I went in there, man, I, 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 I had that conversation with Jesus. Mark, do you love me? Yeah, Jesus, I love you. Mark, do you love me? Oh, Lord Jesus, I love you. Mark, do you love me? And feed my sheep. You know what? This morning, it's him that's feeding you the word. It's not Mark. It's him. He loves his children. He loves his lambs. We talked about it yesterday. He loves his lambs. To feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Church, I think what we need to do is your story helps somebody else's story to keep going on in this thing. I'm going to lend it up with this last point. God is here to help you to re-enter your room. Just as he met Peter on the re-enter moments on the shore, Jesus will be on the shore of your re-entry moments. And this is why. Listen to me, church. His presence fuels you today and your influence of your tomorrows. His presence fuels your today. Going to help you, church, for your influence tomorrow. For whatever God did in your life today, it's always for someone else. It's never just for you, church. If we ever get it where it's just for us, we miss the miracle of what that reentry moment wanted to do in your life because he wants you to use your story, your life, to influence others. Do you believe me this morning? So here's your altar call. You're going to see that door. 
and you've walked by that door, but you're going to re-enter that door. Whatever it is, re-enter that door and knowing that he's in that room. And he will do, I promise you, what only he can do. We'll be there to help you. We'll surround you. We're going to love you. You know, what, and whatever. But I'm telling you, church, don't take the exit ramps. Don't take, don't take the off ramps. They're going to come. And they're going to look attractive. They're going to peel to your flesh and your soul. But do you reckon, oh man, I know that's just Satan trying to get me off. But I'm going to walk through that door. And I know on the other side of that door in that room is grace. On the other side of that door in that is, is wholeness and freedom and deliverance and things that God wants to do in and through our life. Is that not a beautiful thing? Amen. Amen. enjoyed our program today hey and you might be one of those drivers that's never said yes i surrender my life to jesus well guess what friends we don't like to close any program without offering you the chance to do just that so if you'd like to surrender your heart to the lord then just pray with me right now just pray this prayer right now lord jesus forgive me for my sins lord come into my heart take out my stony heart and give me a new heart, and I will serve you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Hey, drivers, friends, if you prayed that prayer, give us a call here at Lonesome Road Ministries at 618-383-2107. We want to pray with you. We want to help you. We want to send you more CDs to help you out there on that old Lonesome Road. This is Captain Gary Rayburn. Hey, we'll talk at you later. 
I've been driving all night, got 400 miles to go. Got the pedal to the metal and Vince Gill on the radio. I just went through Texarkana, heading down to San Antonio. But that's the life of a trucker driving his lonesome road. 